On this episode of the Byron Lazine Podcast, I get to sit down with my good longtime friend, Tim Macy. Tim actually has over a thousand agents in his real brokerage downline. We make him pitch, myself and Tom Toole, who jumped in on the pod, pitch us the value of real brokerage. You've heard about EXP, you've heard about real. What's the real value behind it? But we talk about a lot more than just that. Tim is so giving to this industry, right? He has helped so many people. He's one of the most likable people in the industry. He's got so much video knowledge. And we talk about, we're sitting here at T360 Summit. We talk about all the CEOs, all the different things swirling around our industry. This one is jam-packed with a lot of information. If you love real estate, if you love our industry, you definitely want to listen to this one all the way through. He does that pitch at the end of the pod, by the way. Make sure when you get to the end of the pod, you subscribe to this channel, the Broke Agent Media channel. Also at the end of the pod, check out the link to Sisu below. Sisu, on average, is increasing teams' annual volume by 107%, and for single agents, it's 28%. Talk about automating your business. This is what Sisu does. I own the number one team in Connecticut, and we run everything off of Sisu. Transact online. Forget about 20 different logins. Do everything on Sisu. You want to hit the link below after this pod and check it out. See if it's the right fit for you and your business. If anything else, it's going to keep you organized, help you with that whole transaction department of your business. Think about the automation that you're lacking right now. Check out Sisu to solve that problem. All right, Tim, appreciate you coming on the pod, man. You, you are someone who owns by agent count over <laughs> over 30% of your brokerage. We're going to get jump into... in. I'm surprised he made it to the right hotel room. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. impressive that he <laughs> actually, right. instead of going to the we're wrong in, hotel. So, we're in Tim's hometown of San Antonio, and we're at the T360 Summit, 16 CEOs back to back to back talking about the industry. It's at this really swanky resort, yep. La Cantera. Up in the what do you call it? The hills, the hill country, the hill country of San Antonio, and Tim goes twenty minutes away to the JW, which is also one of the nicest hotels. I thought that's where they were having it. I messed up. I gotta be honest. So like you you were you were at this hotel and crushing you. Listen, you were at this hotel and left. No, I was at the little. We have a listing right around here, so I was over here in the area and then left. Mm. But I, you know, it's funny. It's like we've been friends for years, right? Yeah. And Tom, like. I haven't spent as much time with you, but like Agreed, I've known yeah. you for a while. Um, and so like, this is a podcast I should feel very comfortable coming on, of course. but watching your other podcasts, seeing how you just like come at people, <laughs> I'm a little nervous, you know, like it, I don't feel <laughs> as I, comfortable as I should. You were, you were in the room lurking. Anybody that saw the Nick Bailey pod, yeah. Nick, Nick Bailey's going to go up before this one, right? Bigger oh, name. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so Nick, Nick Bailey, CEO of all of Remax. You were in the room yeah. when me and Tom we're talking to Nick. You thought I came at him? So the thing I loved about your interview was that you did. You came at him, and that was that was great. Because when you asked him, like, hey, you know, what do you do with EXP and these other brokerages? Like, that's not a question most hosts would ask the CEO of Remax. People are asking very vanilla questions. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to even see here with the 16 CEOs. First of all, Stefan, T360, they do a awesome. great job. I love what yeah. they're Agreed. doing. I would like to see a little bit more... Just me personally, and, and maybe 90% of the audience would disagree with me on this. I'm just yeah. talking from my perspective. I'd love to see a little more of a panel debate style on some of these big issues in the industry that are happening. 
everybody is giving it from their perspective and they've got a style and I love it, but there's not a, uh, there's not enough willingness really in this country to begin with, not just our industry well, to have great debates. And I'm all about it. I'm all about debates. I, yeah. I've seen Stefan in the past. That's why I push a little bit. He that. asked, uh, was the Ryan Schneider, the Realogy CEO a couple years ago when Realogy stock price was in the toilet. He asked him in San Diego, Hey, tell me about your stock price. Yes. That was one of the better questions. And I think we did hear some people, some of the CEOs actually, Gino said a couple things, which I really liked, like Compass just bought agents, which a lot of people wouldn't say yeah. out in public, but that's what happened. So I think there is a little edginess here. I mean, do you think the pandemic has anything to do with it? This is the first time back and people are maybe trying to be on their best behavior because judging from the last time we were here two or three years ago in 2019 versus now, I, I, I do agree it's a little less edgy than the question Stefan was asking yeah. in 2019. But it's, I think that, that frames up why I get nervous coming on here. I'm like, what nervous. are you going to ask me? Like, what are you going to come Well, we're going to make you pitch real brokerage value in okay. real time <laughs> later on the pod. No pun intended. You know, so for anybody who's, you know, looked at that EXP model or the real brokerage model, they can't quite wrap their mind around the value. We're going to make Tim Macy, who's been EXP. Yes. Uh, from the early days of EXP. Early EXP. Left yeah. EXP went to real brokerage, has literally over 30% of the agents in his downline. Is downline the appropriate word? I always use that. But, yeah. You know, I, I, think mean, that's, I think that's the way yeah, it's got to be. Sure. People can understand it. <laughs> Climbing the pyramid would also work, right? <laughs> at, at lunch, at lunch, I wish we, we should have taken a photo and put yeah. it up on the pod if yeah. you're watching on YouTube. Tom took uh, a great description of the pyramid that is real or EXP. He took... A fork, a knife, and a spoon, and he just made a, a triangle. I made a, I made a pyramid. Yeah. 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 A pyramid. There's a, pyramid. a reason why I did that. So th this is a because I couldn't understand it, and then after that I it clicked. Well, right? like, I mean, we're all from it's the Northeast, right? So you guys know yeah. Brian Colhane, right? Yeah. So I, we met him in 2019. I met Eric Crumbaker and Carrie Crumbaker, Carrie yeah. White of the agency, their wedding. Yeah. California agents. at the Fairmount in Santa Monica, and Brian Colhane's there, and I we had hung out with him a fair amount at that. 2019 T3 summit. So I go up to say hi to you him. You obviously know Brian. Yeah. He hangs yeah. out with Grant Cardone I mean, I, all the time. I don't, I don't like know him, but I, I know who you're so, talking about. So Brian is, I guess, the second person ever at AXP. He, he, no, no, number three, I think it was. Number I think it was two or three. Or the story always changes. And now, oh. he, now he hangs out with Grant Cardone so he would be the at the top of the pyramid Instagram. if we talk. But I, I go up to say hi to him. He blows me off. And then we walk by the conference room, and I literally see him open up the TV in the conference room. And, and, and the Fairmount's a pretty nice place. And literally on the screen was a pyramid. I, I can't, you can't even make this up. And I, I was with Robert Mack and some other people we know. And I said, that's an EXP presentation. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yes. And I showed them who it was. And they're like, you have got to be kidding and me. Anybody listening or watching, I love so many people at EXP and Real. And I have yeah. nothing against them. We're just kind of kind of joking around. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. We're all from the Northeast. Clear. And so you guys have been busting my balls since I showed up, which I gave yes. you some ammo for. Um, Taking us to a horrendous restaurant with the chuck cheese ammo. of steakhouse so yeah. i take all that and the pyramid stuff i tell because that's like that's how we communicate love yeah being from that, the that is true that and is it's true. harder like if you guys were super nice to me i would worry and it's less than what it would be nice if we just wouldn't talk to you it, is yeah, what would there you go it's yeah. less than what katie day gives you on a daily basis so yeah you know, <laughs> that's she's, true she's always thinking i feel like it's surround like my world is just surrounded by people that give me a hard time and maybe that's how i stay humble yeah you know? i'd like to think i'm pretty humble yeah well you take it maybe. so that i mean maybe that's why you've got you know, 35% of real in your downline. But. That, that's like your line for the whole week. Because <laughs> well, it's You true. said that to Nick Bailey maybe 10 times. I know. Uh, Nick, Nick I, I, I think he was getting a little annoyed. He was annoyed. He was. 
<laughs> he was getting he was too nice of a guy. I mean, Nick, yeah. Nick was very a nice great guy. guy. Well, yeah. I like to uh, going back to that the uh, push thing. I think people that don't know my personality sometimes, Tim, yeah, will be like, "Wow, he's uh, you know, he, he's a, a jerk dick." Yeah, you got a vibe. Yeah, you know, you got a vibe. You, do a lot of people say that to you? So it's me? interesting because I, I have no vibe. I don't know about you. The so vibe Byron and I are from the same area in literally the same county in Connecticut. Sorry, sorry to hear that for both of you guys. If yeah. you look up the worst county in Connecticut, that's where we're from. And so you know, like if I'm home, I meet people and whatnot, and uh, you know, no disrespect, I, New London County. Yeah. So my aunt has been in the business for years. Her thing is she sold Taylor Swift to that you know big yeah. house over in Rhode Island. By the um, way, I'll tell you a story on that if you want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's already closed. You want me to jump? Yeah, in of and course. Take? So. Tim's aunt, who I met when I first started my career at Sotheby's, big agent, big time agent for uh, Sotheby's for that part of Connecticut, does really well. She had this internet lead and it was Taylor Swift's dad. Yeah. It was through the uh, Sotheby's website. And she, you know, met, they ended up wanting to buy this house in Watch Hill, which is in Rhode Island. So mm -hmm. Connecticut, Rhode Island border, you know, people will look on both sides of the border. She was looking for something very specific on the water in this house in Watch Hill, Rhode Island pops yeah. up. Well, she wasn't licensed in Rhode Island. And she did this $17 million deal. It's her claim to fame. Yeah. The agent, this is a true story, the agent that ended up putting the deal under his name got $10,000 on a $17 million deal. He had the license. I yeah. won't say his name. He had the license. He was in my office. Um, so they came to him and like, Jane's got this big deal. Uh, we need you to use your license. So he put his license on the deal. Yeah. Signed for ten thousand dollars. He didn't have to do anything. Got ten thousand. Yeah. And Jane got the rest of the commission unlicensed. Yeah. In very generous guy. Yeah. So yeah. So Jane. Very generous. Because I would have been like, yeah, yeah, twenty five percent at least. Fifty. Yeah. But she that, had the relationship. But that that's what's cool is um, internet lead. So my aunt Jane is like, you know, a boss when it comes to doing real estate, and she built her business when she built it. When I got my license, I reached out to her and I was in Texas. So, you know, I kind of wish I was at home. Maybe I could have just started working for her, but I was in Texas and she said, Hey, you, you wouldn't have lasted it. I know, you know me and not, wouldn't have been a good fit for me. But, uh, she said, Hey, you got to connect with Byron. Cause she knew that the way she built her business was not the way I was going to build mine. Yes. And so she connected with me with you. Um, but going back to what I was saying is I go to Connecticut and you know, I'm like, yeah, my aunt is Jane Macy and you know, people maybe know her and I'm like, yeah, I'm good friends with Byron Ozine. And I've never had somebody speak negatively about you, but I can just tell like, uh -oh. there's, what's, 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 there's I, like, I Oh, Byron. From, yeah. Not from your aunt. No, no, not from my aunt, but, uh, she might've said, I don't, I don't, but you can tell like in locally, he I'm sure whatever. you're thought of as like a no nonsense guy. Who's going to get a deal done. You know, yeah. you're not, you're not like, I don't tell me if I'm wrong. You're not like best friends with a bunch of people. Well, Probably most market. of the agents that you were talking to, they probably never did a deal with me anyways, but yeah. I do hard takes on video and I've been yeah. doing them since yeah. the start of my career. Yeah. I do. A, it used to be Facebook. I'd take a hard take, put it out on video. Yeah. Now it's like the Instagram reels and the TikToks hook, uh, you know, some type of quick close. Yeah. And it's a, they're usually 50, 50 takes. Yeah. Where 50% of the people are mm -hmm. like, so like on board with it. And mm -hmm. then 50% of the people are like, no, I like part-time agents. They're really respectful people, right? Yeah. And so they're on the other side. That's not true, of, by of the, the way. Whole thing. 
We so don't respect look, our clients I, listen, by giving them part-time service. We'll talk make, about that later. Th- this, is, this is a good, I think this is a good segue for you to make me pitch real because I know you're going to do it. No, no, we're going to do that later in the pod. Oh, come on. It's jump good, right into your pitch right I'm now. I'm just saying it's a good segue. Listen, I don't love doing this. You don't know when that pyramid a, opportunity is going to come up. You need to practice that fork and knife <laughs> yeah, no, routine. No, I, mean, I don't, that, that, I don't that, love it. Why would this be a great time to pitch real? This is not a great time. This is not the the platform that I like talking about it, but if you're going to make me do it, yeah, I would say do it now. No, we're going to do it later in the pod. All right. All right, we, I can wait. It's your you po- it's your show. It's your yes, show. Yes, you're right. It is right. <laughs> so uh, it's not my show. <laughs> All right. So what do you want to talk about? You, you know? know? Well, I mean, what do you, what do you, which direction you want to go before we make him pitch real? Right, let's just get the pitch out of the way. Let's do no, it. No, 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 no. We got to wait on the pitch. If listen, let's if you let if if you let me do the pitch now, that would be me in the taking too much control of the show. So Byron is taking a stand right now, saying we got to do it. Right, I got a question for you. Yeah, you were at EXP and went to Real, and obviously you made a move there so like what are the differentiators because i think a look, lot of people they, they look at these companies as all being the same i mean there's mm-hmm. a ton of them out there and there's more knockoffs coming yeah. right and so what that's true there like, is like and so i mean there, there's going to be more of these companies just so, like discount brokers and everybody else not yeah, that you're so, a discount broker so here's the deal like exp fil- figured out the brilliant model right and the economic split model yeah, but revenue share. Explain agents. that for people who don't know what the like what the model. So when is. you're at EXP, you have your split, you got your fees, just like everybody else, right? And then you have uh, stock bonuses available to you based on production, and you know you're selling houses, you can buy into the stock program. You bring an agent on, you get stock. So they took all these things that high performing agents tend to do anyways, right? Like high performing agents tend to bring other agents to the company. High performing agents sell more and so they set up these things where if you if you do well you'll get more stock in the company and then if you do well you'll probably bring agents on you'll get revenue share and so they they essentially in my opinion and this is where we have anybody that really doesn't know these were Keller Williams, former agents. He was a, so so. Glenn was was like a mega team leader. Glenn at was KW. a yeah, yeah, team leader at KW, and then I think he kind of figured out which which. And most people obviously know that they're. And KW had profit the original share. profit share. Like that was because yeah. they were a disruptor. I mean, you know, I think it's yeah. funny is that like even Remax was a disruptor in the eighties. Yeah. So yeah. They, they they keep coming. So keep going. So the 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 disruption around it is look like if you're a team leader at a brokerage, you're an agent at a brokerage you're paying for an office, whether or not you're actually paying for an office, right? Because if you have an office, like agents are paying for that. So you're looking at the office, you're looking at the training, you're looking at all the stuff. And then you're like, wait a second, like as an agent, I think agents are the ones that drive value at all of the brokerages. I think the team leaders are the ones driving all the value. The best training is all provided by agents. And here it's like, okay, well, I'll go build my business there. I'll deliver value in an environment that if I help agents succeed, I own stock in the company. And so that helps the stock price come up. And so the model of giving agents stock and revenue share is the model that I think in my biased opinion is better than any of the models out there because it it better compensates the agent and the value they're delivering. That, that's what's funny for me being at this conference because I've spent the last year just being at agent events, agent events, agent events. And to come here and hear the CEOs of all these big companies talking. All of them, all the big ones talked at this. It, it's really yep. interesting. And I, I love listening to them. I love trying to process because they're all like saying things without saying things, right? And trying to figure out what they're actually saying. Um, but it's crazy to me the disconnect between the problems that they're talking about 
and then what I see at the agent level when we're actually out at uh, very few hit the, on the actual agent and and team lead yeah. problems. I agree with that. Uh, I mean, that was something that a couple people brought it up and mentioned it, but some of them are like, "Oh, we got to fix this stuff." I'm like, "Guys, that's not even like close to being the issue that we yeah. see on the day to day." Well, the you know the what Nick and said gals. on the pod, C, the CEO of Remax, Nick said on this pod mm-hmm. and on stage, the boogeyman here. Dirt. Well, was that there's not one economic model that's going to attract 1.5 plus million real estate agents yeah. to the company. None of these companies, it's not a zero. They're not getting all of the agents to yeah. switch over to that company because people will factor in. It's not about the economics. People are going to factor in culture, who they're going to be working with, mm-hmm. you know, where some are still even today going to factor in a physical office location. Yeah. Less, I think, than... Probably five years ago, but there are still some factoring that in legacy brands in certain high end markets are going to get factored in a little bit. So there's all these other factors. But to your point, the reason EXP is at 80,000 right now is because they they figure out a better mousetrap for recruiting Mm -hmm. and they didn't have any overhead with the offices. Yeah. I mean, when you do look at the CEOs up there um, and you look at Glenn. It's like Glenn Sanford's the only CEO to grow his company, you know, double his company in the year, right? Like yeah. they're all talking in about agent growth. count from nope. forty thousand to eighty thousand. Yeah, and then and also in in revenue and all the other yeah and everything numbers. else follows. Yeah. But you know, I mean, none of the other companies up there are even close yeah. as far as like in that in that growth. And so I think that says that this model is something that's very valuable and important to look at. Um, and now, like you said, talking about, you know, there's going to be other things coming. What I think is interesting, and I, obviously, like, I left a lot on the table when I left EXP, and EXP's model is great for retention as well. That's the downside. If you leave somewhere like EXP, mm-hmm. you're yeah. literally leaving stock that hasn't converted. Yep. You know, it's, it's, think of it as being in the cloud. This stock is not in your pocket yet. As vesting period. It's not vested. Yeah. You, you got to stay a certain amount of time. Tim left that on the table when, when he left to go. And to then the I also had a bunch of agents, right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a group of agents that I'd spent time building and all that. And all of them had stock. So, so I wasn't. Some left, some didn't. So yeah. Most of them weren't going to come with me. Um, so it was a lot to leave on the table. But what I think I realized was that, you know, so much of the values in the model and that, like Nick Bailey was talking about, there's going to be different spots for different people. And for us, it's I, I just think we have a much different vibe, a much different culture, a much different view on technology. We just have, you know, we are the model that we know works, but we just have a, a, a lot different take on a bunch of other stuff. And so the reason why I wanted to segue is because you were talking about how you know, mo- a lot of your opinions are 50-50, right? 50% of people agree with 50% of people A lot of them don't. are, yeah. For me, I, uh, you guys give me a hard time about, you know, recruiting all the time. Like, we really do do things. We try to, like, help our people out. We try to take our culture and put a megaphone in front of it. Not to say, come join us, but just to be louder saying, this is who we are. And we find that people that are our DNA, people that are our people, are coming to work with us, right? Like you joke, mm-hmm. like, oh, all your friends are at real now. Like, kind of, you know yeah, what I mean? Because <laughs> because we're all like kind of that same DNA, that same well, culture. Culture matters though. Yeah. I, mean, I think people are, like attracts like, right? So, I mean, I think there is a, all those people on stage there, and even the big companies that weren't on stage, they all have a little bit of a different culture. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. mean, you, you think about 
you know, some of the, I'll, I'll put Compass out there as a big disruptor, especially in the, they've recruited a lot of people. My view is people go to Compass because they think it looks cool working there and that, yeah. creates, that, that attracts a certain kind of agent. Yeah. Um, I work at Remax. We have kind of an older demographic, but they attract someone that wants to be super productive and not mm-hmm. a lot of management and kind of do yeah. their own thing. So it, it, KW facilitates like mega teams. Like there, there's yep. all these different avatars out there, no different than what we have for our teams that, that we recruit to. The, the agent that is going to Compass, to your point, would likely never go to exp i i don't know the stat on this i'm just kind of throwing this out there as a guess there probably have not been a lot of agents that have switched from compass to exp because what brought them to compass is what you're talking about the look and the feel of the brand and exp lacks all of that when you just look at them you know as a brand and the way they market and their colors and their you know compass is very slick Mm -hmm. and it looks cool even their signs look cool. Like everything about them looks yeah. cool. Great brand. I, I, I like, you know, whatever you want to say about them, whoever did that branding, they knew yeah. what they were doing. But what a lot of compass agents will say, well, no, it's not just that because it's like, you don't want to be like, Oh Sounds yeah. Simple. Want, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. that simple. I didn't just go yeah. there because they got a cool slick brand. Their technology is outstanding. What I'll say to every agent listening, every team leader listening, I know what you're going to say. And I totally agree. There's not a single broker that has the great technology of our time. There's not a single broker that's created a great piece of technology yeah. that stacks up to Zillow or Redfin. It just doesn't or exist. Or even Boomtown. Exactly. Like all the other Te- technology that we buy. Technology yeah. companies are building great technology where the brokers all have probably just about equal technology. I agree with that. And it's yeah. about who's, you know, how are you utilizing it, it yeah. as the agent or the team leader? Well, think about Gary Keller, right? And and I, I'm a big fan of his. Love when he's very dynamic, one of the top three speakers today, and he recorded his session. I would say, and it was that good. Remember yeah, a couple it was years ago, the best. he was talking about, oh, we've got the best tech, we've got AI. Didn't mention it. Where, where, where has that been since 2019? Because he yeah. said that we were there yeah. in the room. It's been three years. I haven't seen it. If I had AI, I'd be showing so, that thing off like a like a like a like a prize-winning he, dog at the Westminster Dog Show. Like he, I mean, it's he, like you got to put that out there, and it's yeah. just. He didn't say it because you know what? It's the same thing everyone else has. Yes. Yeah, it's not unique. Yeah. And, and, and when you look at what Gary was talking about before, he was like, we got to own the data. We're going to own the data. We're going to have the data. And I think at some point you realize it's like, look, everybody's going to have the data. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, There's one company that has actually the real data. You know what it is? Zillow. Because yeah. they have dot loop. They can get real-time updates. And look, showing time. And they, they, have, they have data that no one else can get to. And, that's, and, right. that, and that's the difference. Th- this is the fun part because you guys are on these big, successful teams. I don't. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think too, though, that I have a different view on things. Like I think when you look at Zillow, you guys are both Zillow partners, so you're either going to partner up with the beast and and know that they're going to own that space and 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 take what they're going to give you and and crush it um i and everybody likes to complain about zillow for me i don't think zillow is ever going to be a like a brand that people feel a personal connection to i, I agree so, there i'm just saying yeah they're, they're a company that has access to a lot more uh, data than well, other places. hold on explain because well, so do you instance, feel like you have a personal connection to google Look, no, here's, you're here's still my gonna, thing. You're still going to go to Google, not an encyclopedia. I, I think that people love the opportunity to buy from people because we do live in a very disconnected world. So I was in Mystic, Connecticut, right? My wife loves, uh, you know, the Persian rugs and we go to some store there. 
find one we like. I talk the guy down to like, you know, 350 bucks or 400 bucks or something. I love it because he starts at like 800. I talk him down. I'm going to get the deal. We're going to buy this thing. Did you get a commission? Take it home. What's that? Did you get a commission? <laughs> so, yeah, his commission was 50% but, off. <laughs> but Pond, my wife, walks out. She's like, no, no, I just don't, I don't like it here. Like we're in this weird store and like I just, I, I feel icky. I'm out of here. So I go on a business trip. I come back. And there's this beautiful Persian rug in our bedroom. The thing is, yeah, I'm like, oh, so you finally did the thing. It was like 900 bucks, right? And she bought it from the girl on Instagram that she follows. Yeah. Because she follows this girl on Instagram. She loves being like following this girl and seeing all the pretty rugs. But not only that, she wanted to be... She wanted to buy from her, right? Like she, she right. wanted that that person. Even if it cost an extra 400 bucks. Exactly, because she wanted to be a part of what that thing is. And so for me, it's like building those personal brands that people follow, they're inspired by, they're connected by. That's why we talk so much about the video marketing. Like that is what Zillow will never do. Right. You know, and I think Zillow will get all the business from people that haven't found their agent that they love and inspired by and follow 13 percent only use the agent yeah I mean, here, that, that's yeah. a number here's the problem though with that tim is that almost three out of four buyer home shoppers are using the zillow app so you if you are a big team or you're trying to run a scale business an independent brokerage or what, mm -hmm. what have you why would you only focus on brand and ignore three out of four home shoppers in your marketplace so here's and again, this goes back to like the different perspectives. I've just seen it work, right? Like, like we talk about Jeremy Knight in Austin. He's just yeah. a dude making videos on YouTube that's going to pass 100 million this year, right? Yes. My dude, Brad McCallum in Calgary, totally took over the best listing videos on best listing Earth, videos according to Earth. Bam, right? Totally better, better than Tim Smith. That's a Bam exclusive. Better than Tim Smith. That's a uh, I, I would say in Canada then. Well, no, I would Planet say Planet Earth of Canada. I, yeah, yeah, I'd Look, say. I'm a I'm a huge Tim, Tim Smith's pretty good. Too. I'm a huge Tim Smith fan. Yeah. But he, I don't think he comes close to putting out the volume that Brad does every week, every listing. No, he he does. Does he? Well, maybe I don't follow. The dollar enough. volume, I'm sure, is much higher for yeah, what Tim no, Smith but, is but doing. But Tim yeah. puts a extreme amount of volume. So my there. my point is is that he took over the luxury market on YouTube. And I think, I know three out of four home buyers are using TikTok. I mean, are uh, using Zillow. But my question out is, of 100, are using 100 out of 100 are using TikTok. 100 <laughs> out of 100 are on YouTube. And so I do think, yeah, people sh for sure are using the Zillow app. But as we come, become more disconnected as humans, I think more and more people are looking for the opportunity to actually transact with human beings. That's why I think influencer marketing is such a growing thing. And I think, you know, we should the, be doing more of it in the real estate industry. The numbers are up. People using an agent versus for sale by owner. So yep. in the NAR home buyer study uh, of 2021, that was true. What you're saying that those numbers are up. People want to work with people. They want an agent. But and I'm not discounting the monster that Zillow is because we were yeah. talking a lot about this before today. Um, you know, Richard there said they're focusing a ton on instant showings. And what I see them doing is trying to squish the agent value down as much as they possibly can to being like agent opens the door, shows the house, and then they plug into Zillow super app. They keep talking about the super app. Um, so I, I do see that play what, in the future. What you said to me, though, 
I think would be very enticing to a lot of buyers. If Tom shows me a house and I walk in and at the end of the tour, it pops up on my app, my Zillow app as the buyer, you know, what do you think of the property? I put real time feedback in where I don't have yeah. to give it to Tom and Tom yep. puts the feedback in and then a button pops up, make offer now. And I just press button and I start, you know, filling out the template. Uh, yeah, that does seem like a pretty nice experience for an agent. Now, I mean, for, for a buyer, um, what I'll say is I, I don't think the agent's value is in taking a templated contract and putting, you know, e-signatures into the templated contract. Well, so, Redfin tried that, though. Yeah. They had that 72-question survey where you could write offers without an agent on their yeah. listings. And the reasons it doesn't work in certain markets, and this varies, like where we are, you get a stucco inspection, right? Buyers don't even know what that is half the time. Inspecting a septic system, right? Yeah. We were just talking about this. So I like actually a well. think, I, I think the inspection stuff, Tom, not to, not to jump in, it can get worked out where those questions can get answered. Okay. Where it gets tricky is, well, no, the seller, uh, before the dog didn't crap all over the yard, now it's a week <laughs> later, the dog crapped all over the yard. Who's going to pick that up? The seller now wants two more weeks before closing. Well, and, and Who's going to talk him off the ledge? So N Now they want to chip off a quarter percent of the commission. Yeah. Now this one, and, and people's emotions and BS and all their family drama gets dumped into this deal. And the lender said, what and who? And you just bought a car. It's all that. But I, I think this tees up, right? Like, I think this tees up when you look at what Zillow was talking about at the last T360 or over the last couple of years. And I, 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 and I say that's what their plan is. I'm not saying it's going to work and they're going to totally take over the industry and that they're the Death Star and we should all be worried. I just think that's the plan. I will say they took on iBuying like there was no tomorrow, right? They went out and bought as many houses as they could. They did all this stuff. What they underestimated it was the complexity around buying houses. And we've, we just closed on a Zillow owned home. We had clients sell homes to Zillow. So I'm very familiar with the process and they just underestimated the complexity of, you know, there being a soft spot in the carpet over there and, you know, there being like, you know, some cracks in the walls that they didn't see or whatever. And they lost a bunch of money, mm -hmm. right? They thought they could make something simple that they can't make simple. So I agree. They are going to try to do that with the transaction, but I think they're underestimating all the stuff that you guys are talking about because you can have it all happen through the app, but the fact is there's so many things emotionally that happen in a mm -hmm. transaction. Service related. Yeah. I got to move this out of there by this day. It's, it's just all these. Listen, I think the stat, you may know it off the top of your head. It's what is it? 212 text messages from like under contract to closing between agent and, and <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't, but it, it's a high number. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's hundreds of, of text messages that doesn't include the phone calls and the emails and, and the personal and this meetings is for like flex leads that are supposed to be the most bottom of the funnel yeah. leads too. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, but there's still people. Well, and, and you know? they have questions yeah. and you're saying yeah. the inspections get worked out. I, I would maybe say some of them can, some of them can't. Yep. Like we were talking about. He's got a septic system abutting a property on some property he's trying to sell. stuff, yeah. Like, well, what happens if you can't perk the lot? And then all of a sudden there's 10 different kinds of septic. There's not 10, but like, which one do you put in? And th the solutions there on inspection. Think how many times you had to explain to somebody like a, a not yeah, like it's the negotiations and the expertise. I'm not, I'm not saying what to elect and, and, and whatnot, but it's instead 
how to get through that and help someone make the logical decision you know that's right for them versus the illogical decision that a lot of human beings default to because emotion gets in the way. Yeah, definitely not discounting inspections, especially in the Northeast where you can have- 100-year-old homes. 100-year-old home next to a brand new house. South Florida where you have brand new communities, five-year-old communities, they're all the same floor plan. I mean, how the last house I bought in Florida, I did not even inspect because it was well, like- And I would do that too it, for the right five home. years old. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, and I wouldn't yeah. advise that to a buyer out there, but you yeah. know, for Can me- Can we talk about that? How we pay the least attention to our own transactions? Like I'm, I'm like heartbroken over uh, and trying to do all stress out about my buyer buying a house and then I buy a house. I'm like, yeah, I don't need an inspection. It's whatever, <laughs> fine. You cool. know why? Because you know? you know what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And well, because you know you got such a great deal. You're like, let's whatever. just get to the closing well, table. Yeah. Getting, only getting the great house deals. right now yeah. is, is the good deal, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we moved two years ago. My wife didn't even see the house till we got to the inspection period. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you've met her a couple times. Oh, my so. wife didn't see the house. I don't believe, well, maybe a week before closing, I got her in. This house was on the market two years before we bought it. She saw it online and said she hated it every time it would come up. And then <laughs> it came off the market, and that's when we swooped in and got it. And it, now she's like, oh, my God, it is such a dream living here. You And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've sold a couple houses before. Like, I, know I understand doing. what we're doing. And But, it, you know, you do that because you're. An, it's no different than the stock trader who knows when, he, when it's time to make a good trade. He doesn't have to talk. He's, yeah. he, the yeah. gut feeling and the instincts are real. And you can't replace that from 21 years in the business, however long you guys have been doing it. That's where Zillow's going to fall short. Well, my first house at 19 years old. So yeah, I was 22, yeah. same thing. I, I like, you know, if I, I know what I'm doing now when I buy a house and I move on it quick if, yeah. if it's the right deal. Uh, let's switch gears before you give us the real pitch. Do you need an agent hack? Yeah. Right, so, so yeah, we do got, agent hacks. Hold on, Tim, Tim's got 1,000. How many agents? Let's frame this up. Uh, right about 1300, 1300 in his downline Listen. at real. And you're doing a whole bunch for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't love like you're, you're doing a lot yeah. of training and inspirational. So <laughs> Tom, let's squeeze an agent hack out of Tim. See how good he is on, on adding so value. We've done to over agents. 200 of these. Nick Bailey gave us a amazing one. Yes. We've got some other great one. Tom Ferry's done this. Some other people you get on your next training for, for real. And you say, guys, this will get you a deal in the next 30 days. Do this. What is it? Man. One, you could have prepped me. I, I could have known that. You're, you're supposed to work in the business. You, you just you talked about it. Oh, I know. I know. Well, I got agent, things. agents on here. What do you Look, say? Listen, I'm not like, I, I don't tell people that, all right? So you're like, I'm blasting everywhere. Like, that's not like a thing I publicize. But anyways. Um, well, I just publicize it all over. That should fam. be the title of the podcast. Yeah. 1,300 <laughs> agents. 1,300 agents. Report and directly counting. to Tim. Uh, Bobby, write that down. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm gonna get so in trouble. So agent hack, what do you all got? Right. Listen, I don't have a go get a deal tomorrow. What hack. advice do you have for agents? In all seriousness, you, I, I I can tell you, we just got done with the real estate video blueprint plug. Uh, that was a fantastic event, all about uh video for real estate. And in my position now, I really sit back and look at who's doing video and everybody's doing something and there's a bunch of people with a bunch of followers, but I have to dig in to the next level and say, which one of these people with, you know, 30,000 followers, a million followers, which one of, which of them's strategy is actually generating business, which is a whole other conversation. And so you can take my work of, of just constantly dissecting what people are doing and figuring out what's getting the most results. And I will tell you, Hands down across the board, you know, I love short form vertical. I think TikTok and, and Reels is is definitely the place to be. What's funny is I don't think there's like a middle ground much anymore. You're either doing long form horizontal YouTube or you're doing short form 
vertical. Like there's not a ton of room for the two minute listing video. Anymore. Or you're doing both and ripping out. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Vertical exactly. Of your long. That, that's what we're doing. Yeah. But yeah. I will tell you the biggest businesses that I'm seeing from social media are almost all built on YouTube. But YouTube is a long play. And when I say long play, I mean six months to a year, mm-hmm. which when you look at the business it generates and how that does over time, like it's nothing, you know, but when you're starting out, it seems like a lot of work. And so like Jeremy Knight's one I keep referencing. And the reason I reference Jeremy Knight is Brad McCown- a real agent. No, <laughs> happens to me. Um, <laughs> no way. But the reason I reference Jeremy Knight is like Brad McCallum, also real agent, uh, you know, some of the best <laughs> listing videos in the industry. Yes. He is like an artist. Yeah, he looks he great on camera. He's got a personality that I look at in a very small, very small percentage of the agents that I know can replicate that. And so I love shine. I could never do what Brad does. Right. You can never do what he does. No. And then I look at a guy like Ken Posek in Orlando, which he's not at real. So there you go. He's Keller Williams guy. Um, if you look at what, finally, if you look at what he's done, highly informational content and whatnot, he's done it at a, at a super high, amazing level. I think the guy's going to do 300 million this year, just off of YouTube in the Orlando market. I mean, not just, but like, that's the foundation. Um, but when you look at Jeremy Knight and I say this as you know, I'm good friends with Jeremy. I love the guy. When I watch his videos and I watch what he's done, I see something that I think a lot of other agents can replicate because he's just, you know, he's not like some amazing artist. He doesn't, you know, Ken Posek is crazy intelligent. Not that Jeremy's not, but you know what I mean? Like I see a ton of agents could go out there and commit to doing what Jeremy so what's he doing? has done. Well, Jeremy's stuff is something that I actually think I could pull off yeah, in a local easy. market because it's more my style. Like sit down, maybe do like a green screen image of a local community or a piece of news okay. in your community. Yep. And he's basically news broadcasting Austin, Texas. So the biggest thing that Jeremy's been able to do, which is the, the key to success on YouTube, is he's gotten out of realtor brain and he's sat in the seat of a consumer on YouTube and figured out what topics to talk about. So, you know, he's in Austin. Austin has a bunch of people moving from California to Austin. And if you were to search uh, moving to Cal- moving to Austin from California, right? He's moving got to- a video that's over a quarter of a million on that okay. But, but my, my point is, if I told a room full of realtors, say, write down some video topic ideas for people moving from California to Austin, I would get... Uh, best things to do in Austin, uh, best restaurants in Austin, best neighborhoods in Austin, reasons why you should move to Austin, right? Those are all the realtor ideas. Jeremy's video is huge regret moving from Austin to California. So we, also, and we were talking about this strategy last night. So the, I, I, yeah. I actually am a big believer in this. We're, we're doing the same thing in our team right now. Yeah. Also, the California thing is such a hot button. Like, Taya, oh God, we were talking yeah. about California exodus. Bobby, Bobby remembers the, the uh, Taya pod. <laughs> Those TikTok clips went uh, over a million views. Just yeah. talking about California Exodus because it, like, even if you weren't from California, the comment section was insane. So many people have an opinion about oh, it. Oh, it was insane. But my point is, is that as agents, and I think this is industry wide across a lot of things, we have such a disconnect between what the consumer actually wants. Like, I think it was Gino was talking about. Maybe. Gino Blafari, CEO of BHHS. Was it? Was it Home him services. that was talking about it? Who, who was talking about listing Whatever. agent leads? Or was that Nick? Nick. Nick? Nick. Yeah, Nick was talking about it. How us as realtors think 
that leads on a listing should go to the listing agent. And that's dead on arrival because the listing agent doesn't call back right away. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's and speed that's what to Nick said lead. Dead on, yeah. But that is, that is a, a huge disconnect between what realtors think and what the consumer thinks. Consumer doesn't care. Just get me, well, give me the information. Sometimes the consumer may not want the listing agent. They exactly. want their own person representing them. So we have a big disconnect with realtor. What is it? What, what's the where everybody thinks the same thing? Hive mind, right? Realtor hive mind and actual consumer thought. And we have it with marketing too. That's why, I mean, a couple of times it came up like at our thing, like nobody cares about your market update. We have to, and you're going to get the comment sections. That's like, I do a market update and four people called me. Uh, overwhelmingly. There's some people killing it on market updates, so I would disagree that nobody cares. But but, but the, the frame what, around it's got to be, here's what's happening in the market, and here's what it means for you, the consumer. And that's the message yeah, a lot of people don't to put it. out I'm, there. I'm just, to, get it, to get eyeballs on it. You can have the exactly. best written book in the world, but if you don't market it correctly, it's not a New York Times bestseller. So from a marketing standpoint, exactly. Like People don't want to hear stats. the stats. They want to know your opinion. They want, you know, I think as realtors, we need to become better storytellers. <laughs> They have to get hooked in to consume yeah. stat to begin with. So just overwhelmingly, I think when we think about our video topics and we think about what we're doing on our marketing, we're doing it from this realtor weird track. realtor mindset. And we're not just putting our, our butt in the seat of the consumer and saying, what's a topic in a thumbnail on YouTube that people that are interested in moving to my market can't help but click on? So that there's your agent hack. Put your uh, butt in the consumer seat. Well, you yeah, know what you right? know what the challenge is with a lot of this. There's so many new realtors that have gotten in the business, and a lot of them have not gone through a real estate transaction. Yeah, it's a problem. They're like, oh, you shouldn't worry about this. What would you worry about it if you bought a house? Oh, over, well, I didn't think about it. I mean, they just don't. They don't there's no empathy there. Over 50% of agents haven't done a transaction in the last well, 12 yes, months. Yeah, that's, and, so, you know, what's fun about YouTube is, so I go back to Jeremy. Cause I, I listen, I just got done building his presentation. So I've seen all his numbers. I've seen all his backend stuff. And he's got like, as I don't quote me here. It's something like 23,000 hours of watch time a month. And that means every minute on average, there's eight people watching his YouTube channel. Yeah. You can't, you can't duplicate that. You can't beat that. Yeah. Great it, hack. But that's, that's the thing though. When you talk about agents that haven't done a deal and all this other stuff, if you are good at your job and you do know what you're talking about, like you have a responsibility. I agree with this. To put the content out so people can be educated by you instead of somebody else. And the the you know obvious benefit of that is you'll get more business. But like you said, there's so many bad agents in the industry. If you're not doing your job on social media, they're going to get more business that you should be getting. And most people are going to go with the first agent they meet anyway. It's over seventy percent of consumers hire the first yeah. agent they meet, and. Be, it's it's not the consumer's job to know you're doing a lot of business. It's your job to get it out there. And I what you said really rings home for me. I feel like it's a disservice to the consumer when we don't reach out to them because if they hire a bad agent, it can hurt them financially. Yep. Period. All right, let's get to the pitch here. So <laughs> great agent hack. Is, that was good. That was a great agent hack. But this is going to be a quick real pitch. If you want to drop off now, I don't blame you. Just make sure <laughs> make sure you subscribe to the broke oh, agent. Me you know? no or broke agent. <laughs> subscribe to broke agent media on youtube before you drop off or leave a five-star review on spotify if you're listening or apple and then you can drop off if you'd like if you don't want to hear this pitch but for those of you that want to hear the real value of the real brokerage pitch We're getting real. from the man yeah. himself with the largest downline in the entire company maybe Tim, i don't know tell myself the largest pyramid and tom tool 
why we should be uh, at real. One, like you guys are, are making my, my skin crawl right now. Cause like, I know, <laughs> one, I don't know if I, I have what a, the biggest. What a, pit, what a way to start a pitch. You're I don't, I don't think size, crawl. size, so he, size He's matters. already alienated us, I'm out. Tom. See Listen, you. people looking for a great pitch should be alienated. Cause like I, I, I think that we're building what we're building. Um, we are building it on the revenue share and stock model, which I do. I will. I try not to have too strong of an opinion on a lot of things because I think there's plenty of sides to every story. But I, I can't argue with the fact that stock and rev share is is the best model out there in real estate. What's a one, two, three way for someone to understand what the heck you just said? Yeah. Stock and revenue. Well, when agents model. get stock and revenue share in a company, they're invested in building a company. You get more collaboration. Agents actually own a portion of the company so they can be more invested in the company. How do I get a revenue check every month and how do I get stock? So stock, by the way, is on the NASDAQ. Yeah, so it's it's publicly traded. traded. And then I did want to hit on because we were talking about stuff. Don't, don't. uh, No, no, it's it's still still along the lines. How do I get get, revenue and how do I get stock? How do I get it in my Coinbase account? In, In how many agents do you think are at Ravis because of the work you've done? The work I've done? Yeah. Well, probably the agents on my team. You don't think anybody else joined Ravis because you were there? Oh, I know. Yeah, for right? sure. So I think I if, think people have left my company because I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> so overwhelmingly, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not kidding about that. Overwhelmingly, look, I think if you're a good agent, you're out there, you're doing your business, you're selling houses. I think overwhelmingly people join your company because of you. Yeah. If you're at Real, we have revenue share. EXP also has a revenue share. KW has profit share. So when you come over company shares some of the revenue that they get from that agent with you. And now, you know, like you're invested in their success on the same hand. So a percentage of the split that's going to the company goes to the agent that brought the other agent on in the rev share. Yeah. But like a finder's fee that keeps paying. Yeah. And so in perpetuity. So that is great. And it, 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 it wants me to help you. Right. But what is bigger than that is the stock side of things. Because now, like, listen, I'm on these Zoom calls every week helping out agents from all over the company in my downline, not in my downline. Like, we're just trying to help agents in the company and build this company to be the biggest, best thing there is. Um, And the reason is, well, because I also own stock. And so when you give agents stock in the company, I go speak at our event or I go do stuff. I'm going to do stuff for the company. Well, it's like, yeah, like the guy in Utah, not in my down, like I still want him to do well because I want our company to do well and I want everything else to do well. So that stock price goes up because I own way too many shares of our stock. I am not diversified. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was supposed to be funny. Um, well, it wasn't very funny, you know, uh, <laughs> no laugh, laugh riot over right? here. Like, uh, so I just, <laughs> that, that structure aligns incentives for the people that matter most, which are the agents. It aligns the, the incentives of the agents to help other agents to build a company that's bigger. That's why EXP has gone from 40 to, 40 to 80,000 agents as fast as they have is because of that structure. Uh, the reason, though, why you know I do think people are going to adapt. I do think people are going to adjust and try to do some things. But I don't think people realize how big of a barrier of entry it is to build something like this. Because, I mean, look, I know this is the model that is the thing of the future. Like, why don't we just all get together and do it ourselves, right? Yeah, well, because to that point, EXP was a first mover. Yeah. Real has done a pretty good job of getting on your, on your back, you know, 4,000 plus agents. Yeah. Um, 
to for there to be a third player, you know, I don't know. You got Coca Cola, now you got Pepsi. I don't know if you're gonna get a well, third the, player. Well, the bigger in thing there. is you have to get into enough states where you're somewhat of a national brokerage. So yeah. we kind of took off at twenty two eight. State agents. by state is a long grind. Right? Not an easy thing to do. And then you have to become publicly traded. Yeah. Right? Because if you're giving agents stock, that's great. Like Compass was giving people stock before they were publicly traded. But it's not really as juicy if I don't really know what that stock's worth and if I can't sell it. You know, so you have to get a national company that's publicly traded. Like the three of us couldn't just get together and make that happen, right? So there's there's a pretty big barrier to entry to even accomplish this model. And so I think that's that'll limit competition a little bit as well. And what Nick Bailey said, what he articulated on this pod and then on the stage was that that model is not for every it's single not. agent. So why would yeah. there be a third company when you already have two options that are doing it successfully? Yeah. And then when, you know, look, I know you're going to ask it, so I'm just going to hit it now. Like why real over EXP? Um, which is a question that I get all the time. Tim Macy, why real over EXP? So. Clip it, answer it. One, I will say, uh, like we, we saw Glenn downstairs, like Glenn changed my yeah, life. We did. Yeah, we <laughs> Yeah. You want to tell that <laughs> For story? another podcast. Um, no. But look, Glenn did a bunch of amazing things for me. EXP did a bunch of amazing things for me. So I have nothing negative to say about EXP. I right, will don't say. Don't clip it. This answer is terrible. <laughs> I will say for us, I, I just think we're building something different on the same model. And so if you are an so, agent. So what's different? Cause I, I, and not, not to yeah. be a hater. But you hear this all the time. We're building something different, and I know you believe this. I'm not. I'm, For sure. Let, let's articulate it. Yeah, um, I think we're building a more collaborative atmosphere in a different culture, um, and I know that's also vague. But we also know how important culture no, is. Culture can be so, different. I, I don't. I don't disagree there. We did a video event, you know, last weekend. It's just fresh in my mind, and um, it, you know, it was like 400 bucks a ticket, right? 450 bucks a ticket. Uh, we had a bunch of people from different, like a lot of us from real, but different downlines, different people from different broke places. agent was there. Broke agent was there. Different brokerages, right? It was a. It I heard he, I heard Eric was the the best uh, talk of the. Um. That. Yeah, we could have another discussion about that. But um, <laughs> are you saying you were better than the broke agent? Well, no, I, I hosted. MC, I was. I was hosting. So my my point is, I think it's just a different culture and maybe it's because it's early and everybody's excited because it's early but it's definitely a different culture it's a different set of people and i'm big on people i think the people you work with is more the, important than where you work the people in your crew have a fun vibe to them brad and katie right. and um jeremy's not that fun of a guy just want to <laughs> stick it to jeremy we would do quick. horribly in this uh, company because we are not fun at all the two of us it's all business all the time so but that so that's my point when you ask me what i mean I think if, if you are interested in making a move in your career brokerage-wise, you're obviously looking at the model, right? Like you have to look at EXP. You have to look at real. You well, have to look I'd at I'd say a lot of agents switch and don't ever look at it right now. So, well, I think you should, obviously. Of course you do. You're incentivized to think that. So you're going to look at the numbers, and our numbers are tweaked a little bit different than theirs, but it's it's pretty comparable. I think what you need to look at is the people and say, is this a brand? Is this a culture? Are these values that I align with? Or is this a brand? Is this culture? Are these values that I align with? And I'm just big on... on I hope you can get these people to an event if this is your pitch because uh, it sounds like the people are the better sell. 
Well, yeah, I mean that. That's, I'm being very serious. I'll like, be honest. Like, I, I would never try to like recruit anybody on a podcast. Like, I want them to come see what we do, see how we do it, get a feel for our family and what we have going on. And if it's the right fit for them, then they should by all means join. But like you said, a lot of agents just move brokerages. And I don't like that at all because I want to make sure that people that come over here are successful. And if they're not our people, then a lot of what them, are they doing? A lot of them here? do it when they're at the bottom of the roller coaster, meaning yep. emotionally. Close six deals, close six deals, have all of a sudden nothing under contracts. I didn't keep my pipeline coming in. And traditional brokerage X is offering <laughs> me a $12,000 sign on bonus. And I'm going to take it because I'm at the bottom of my roller coaster and I don't yeah. have any deals. I could use the 12 grand. And I could use the 12 grand. And they promised me flyers or a mailers or, or whatever. And, yeah. and I'm going to go do that. And yeah, they don't look at anything else. Cause so I, I have had the conversation with a lot of agents. And um, I've, I've usually told them, like, call Dole Banker or KW. Uh, because I don't think we're a great place for somebody that's, like, at the bottom rut there where they're, you know, and they're looking for some magical thing to catapult them. I think we're somebody who's like on the ride up and feels like they want to, you know, do more. Like maybe we're a place to let them break through that next thing. Um, but yeah, again, I just want my our people. My thought is on if someone is listening to this and they really are considering the EXP model or the real model, you better if you're not a team leader, you know, if you're thinking about it from a team leader perspective, that's a whole nother conversation. But if you're, my opinion, I know Tim's gonna differ on this <laughs> with me. My opinion is if you're a single agent, you better be joining a great operational team in your market that's on EXP or real. Because I've talked to single agents at both of these companies, not in Tim's downline to be fair, that are getting absolutely no support. Yeah. Because you are living in a virtual world, you don't, you do have a broker in your state that you can call, um, but that's about it. Other than that, you're out on your own. So these these are companies to me that are designed for great, and teams have taken over the industry, so there's a lot of this going on, but they're designed for great teams yeah. uh, to build their business. My, my solo agents that are crushing it would disagree with you, but yeah. I understand no, it's like I, a macro I get it. view. But, but and I know you disagree. You're yeah. giving the support because they're working yeah. with you I, I th and I, because you're you're doing the right things. What what he said was, oh yeah. If you're not working with someone like Tim and you're on an island, that's sure. where, they're, people, that's where people, the challenges. There have been people, thousands, that have been recruited into you know EXP or maybe less so real because you guys do have a tight knit little culture that's building and it's small still. It's four thousand agents. The, 5, the goal agents. is no islands. That's but, our goal. But know? eighty thousand agents. There there are a whole bunch of EXP agents that are lost in out of space because somebody recruited them into their downline. Yeah. They're not offering them support and they're not part of a team. And so they're literally trying to figure it out on their own. At least if you're trying to figure it out on your own on a traditional brokerage, you have an infrastructure you can go plug into and there is stuff that's built out for you Yeah, the, to, to plug into if you take that option and, and take action on it. The thing I would say is it's the same thing as like the broker technology. You, know, you have to use it. You have to use it. Yeah. And Agreed, I think yeah. I think most good brokerages, whether it's Compass, whether it's whatever, like most of them have some sort of culture and community. And it's usually a matter of whether agents plug into it. And then if they do plug into it, if it's their type of, of thing, you know. And so I think that's something agents get really caught up in the numbers, which are important when you're building a business. That just goes back for me, though, like the people. Like, honestly, how many of our friends in Tom Ferry are almost 
like exclusively there for the community, right? Because they, they love the community that, that Tom Ferry's built. Um, I think you get so it's much very out of the, sticky. Yeah, it's sense. very mm-hmm. sticky. And so when you're looking at brokerage, you got to do the numbers, you got to look at the stuff. But I, for me personally, the community, wherever you go, is very, very important. Did that pitch move you at all, Tom? Were you? Yeah, no, not you guys. I'm unpitchable. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, to fair, all fairness. Hey, you know, you know who that pitch moved? The, the, the type of person that should come work with us. Well, here's the thing. Uh, that, that, so that's pretty good. You got to know your avatar yeah. I mean, and, and you got to know what you're doing. I mean, I literally am unrecruitable. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> in all seriousness, you know, and if, if you've made it this far in the pod, you know I've kind of busted Tim up a little bit. A little bit. And, um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a couple gut punches. It's been yeah. gross. <laughs> got a broken rib. <laughs> and we're friends, and so we've got a comfort level where I can do that. But in all seriousness, Tim, you are one of the most likable guys in our industry. A lot of people like you. They want to be around you. That's why you've been able to build a 1,300-person downline because you do actually give back. People do really like you. And I bet you that the pitch, while it didn't – land on Tom Tool's lap, it probably did land a lot of people like, wow, I want to be part of that. You use the word family. I want to be part of that family. So well, and it's no different than doing when, a good, good job. Sorry. It's no different than when you recruit someone to join your team. Yeah. Or I recruit someone to join our team back in Philadelphia. It's got to speak to them. And if it's not going to speak yeah. to them, it's better off they don't join. Yeah. And you've got to know like your, your, your organization, your organization, our organization, it's not going to be for everybody. And that's probably the most important thing to, to realize because you know, someone comes works with us or works with you. It's it's definitely a lot more like here's how to do a listing appointment. Here's the tactical skills how to go sell a house. T- so Tim just sent me the real papers with e signature. Yeah, right. Uh, he, <laughs> just, he just he just sent it. Is, to is me. it dot loop? Because Zillow's gonna know too, <laughs> and they're gonna have a beat on it. You got yeah. you got to know who you're going after, and the fact that you guys know what you're looking for, that's what's gonna make any organization great. Because the people yeah. that just add people to add people, mm-hmm. they're the ones that get in trouble. There's not a single person in that crew I don't like hanging out with, like masterminding with, learning from you guys. You guys are sharing with the whole industry as well. Yep. Which and and it's it's not like hey I'm sharing what's what's great about what you're doing Tim is you're not sharing just to like get somebody in the back door you're sharing and you you'll continue to do it we you me and you share information all the the time time. Mm -hmm. and so I I will say this I I was lucky enough so I got out of the military no idea what was going to do in my life got my real estate license started talking to you and um sorry to hear that right and and geez what what was the stupid like. I'm coming from the military and then you get into real estate and there's a lot of personal development stuff. And there's a lot of this, uh, like metaphors, like, uh, you know, your network is your net worth and I'm broke. I'm like, just cause I hang around people with money, isn't going to give me money. Like you're full, full of crap. Right. Like I, I was very negative towards a lot of the stuff I was hearing, but the whole help a million people, you'll be a millionaire thing. And just like, if you only go for adding value and don't worry about the paycheck thing, I was lucky that that light bulb went off early in one, because I like to do it. Uh, like when you look at your self-awareness crap, like I do like helping people. Like I, I have trouble, like you were, you're complimenting me. Like I have trouble receiving compliments. Like that's part of my whatever personality. And, uh, so I just was lucky enough to find out that, yeah, I can just go out and help people without anything, without hoping for anything in return. And I get all this stuff in return. Like, it's crazy. And so I've really locked in on that and done it. So like you said, I will go talk about, you know, video marketing because it's the only thing I really know about. I'll give that information to anybody. I'll help anybody out with that. I love talking about it. And I just know from the past couple of years that 
in one way, shape, or form, it'll come back to me tenfold in the long run. Yeah, 100%. Really appreciate you, brother. Well said, man. The most likable guy in real estate after Brad McCollum. There you go. All right, I like that. I'll take that. That's pretty (laughs) good. Good pod. Thanks, brother. All right.